previously on the mortal path. Cold, and you're lying on something made of rock, and you're not sure where you are. Your fingertips, from the knuckle to the end of your fingers, turn bright red, and the gem is left in your hand. I can't say I'm a soldier, but let's just say I know how to use this. I'm an embroiderer. I make dresses. I think I'm in the wrong place. Just call me Taro. Oh, my name's Meredith. You can call me Natalia. I can make goats. Oh shit, the fuck, what? what? the shit? Cold terror just crushes down your spine. Hey, fuck you. I've got some embroidery scissors, but I don't want to get that close. Now, what happens in 5 e at 0 HP? <laughs> okay. Oh my god. So. <laughs> oh, so. I'm a bomb. Are you okay? I hope so. Great. Then I punch him. I would like to look at the two travelling companions I appear to have been saddled with, who have both recently recovered from unconsciousness, and say, tell you what, why don't I go first this time? back into the scene you guys are peering round the little form of Meredith and you see in front of you this chamber with these pedestals and these boxes Meredith you see two chests on the middle pedestal Taro you see two chests on the left and Natalia you see two chests on the right the other ones are blank um before I step forward into the room I think the first thing I'd want to do is turn to the other two and say, um, uh, Miss Miss Nat and Mr. Tarot, yes. um, I, I can't see anything dangerous in this room, but we kind of couldn't see anything dangerous in the last room until we got in there. I, I, I just want to suggest, maybe we should just have a brief pause. Maybe we should just have a little short rest and, and patch ourselves up a bit before we find out what's going on in this next place. Because the corridors seem to have been safe so far. Well, uh, I'm not sure I can be bothered with all that. I think, look, I've been through a lot already, uh, and it's about time I got my reward. So I'm just going to... Are we sure go that that's what's on. in those boxes? Because, I mean, there's there's three plinths, there's three of us, and there's only two boxes. I've, I've never opened a chest that didn't have something worth having inside. I mean, uh, well, I suppose perhaps you know more about this sort of thing than me. I've, um, I've read many books where people open chests and treasures hidden in them. I, I really want to open it. I, I um, sometimes there, are, there might be booby trapped. You know, things haven't been terribly friendly in this place so far. Okay, I, that's only my opinion. Well, if you, uh, if you, uh, you're not interested, I think I'm just gonna take both these chests for me then. Oh well, well, well. Uh, um, I, I'll have one of them. All right, I th- you've, you've, you drive a hard bargain. Um, I'm going to walk up to the chests. Okay, and so, so will as, I. as the two of them step past you, Meredith, they both suddenly branch out, and Taro heads left what? to an empty plinth, and Natalia heads right, and Taro, you see Natalia heading to an empty one, and Natalia, you see Taro heading to an empty one. I, I thought you were. Uh, I thought you wanted one of these. I Where do. That's that's why I'm going to one. 
are you going? I was going to the uh, chests, which, as it happens, happen to be here. They're in the middle. Well, they're on the right. They're on the middle plinth. I'm going to step forward and then stop in the doorway. So I'm in the room at this point, but okay. I'm not going to touch them. Well, uh, point at them. Point at them. Where are they? I'll point. I point. I'm going to go over to where Nat is pointing. You don't see and anything just, there. Just kind of wave my hands through the air near where... Your hands just wave in the air over the pedestal. And Natalia, you watch as Taro's hand, that deep indigo blue of his skin, just passes through these two chests as if there's some sort of mirage. What the shit? Your hand, it just it just went through the chest. Well, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it seems like... Uh... Something might have got shaken up a bit in that there noggin. Oh wait, wait let me let me check. I I go to the chest and try and open it. One you, of them. Okay, so you go to the one on the left. Yeah, sure. Uh, you reach out and the chest is solid wood. And Taro, as you watch, Natalia is either very good at miming, uh, or she's definitely touched something that your hand passes through. It's right. It's right here. I can feel it. Well, this is. Uh... Interesting. Should I? Do you think it's safe to open? Um, I don't think that we should assume it's safe to open. Um, I think we should chance it. Go for it. I would like to walk forward to the chests that I can see. Okay. And check them for traps if I can. Roll me investigation. Oh, that's not super good. Uh, oh, on the other hand, eighteen. 18, they don't appear to be trapped. Looking at them a bit more closely, you can see that there is a lock that doesn't seem to be locked or or work. It's like the remnants of a lock. Um, And they are two colours, and one is a sort of ashy white, and one is a sort of very vivid green. And it's very small detail, and it's only looking at them so closely that you notice there's a slight colour difference between the two. Wait, the colour difference is... One on the lock on on the little lock that doesn't seem to be a lock anymore. It's just the remnants right. of where you put a padlock through. And there's no difference between like the white lock and the green lock, other than their colours. Other than their colours. Okay, I would like to. Uh, uh, presumably, I'm uh, sort of up to my nose on this plinth, and I'd like to sort of peer around it and say, I think my ones look like they're safe to open. All right, then uh, why not go for it? Let's see what you get. I'd like to open the green one. Okay. You open the green lock. And as you open the box, you guys watch as Meredith mimes opening this box with real effort, actually. She has to kind of like push it up. Um, But there is actually a little bit of stone that you can stand on to let you see into the boxes without having to like reach in and scrabble around. The inside of this wooden chest is painted a vivid green, the same as the lock on the outside. And there is an inscription on the lid that you see as you open it. And it says... Some that die deserve life. And as you look into the box, you see a vial. But what catches your eyes is not so much the vial instantly. It's the lock of dark brown hair that's tied around it with little streaks of grey in it. And you recognise that hair because that is your mother's hair tied around the vial. Oh my god, okay. I am going to go very pale and very still. And I would like to reach out and 
I'm going to reach out and touch the hair. It's soft. Stroke it. It's real. It seems to be there. I would like to pick up the vial and hold it. Okay. It seems almost a little bit warm in your hand. And as you pick it up out of the box, the one on the left, the one that you haven't opened, rather, it starts to fade and it starts to kind of go transparent. Can I try and open it before it fades? Are you still holding the potion? In one hand, yeah. As you try and reach through it, your hand kind of passes through it like smoke when you're holding the other one. Oh. Um, I think you can only open one of these. The other one's disappearing now that I've opened this one. What, what do you get? Can, can I check that the vial is still, you know, whole and, and solid and um, not, not disappearing? Yeah, absolutely. And you notice that the box next to you, it's gone opaque. It hasn't disappeared completely yet. It's just kind of got to a stage where you can no longer open it, but it is still there. All right, okay. Um, I got um, a bottle and I tuck it into a pocket of my dress and don't show it to them. Do we see that it's... What do we see actually when she produces it? So as you, as you watch, Meredith reaches in and she pulls out something that becomes visible in her hand and it does seem to be some sort of small vial with something tied around it. And as you put it in your pocket, the other chest completely disappears. Fair enough. Do we see Meredith's reaction? Yeah, you can't. She can't hide it from you. You're all watching her. And it's fairly obvious that I'm upset by it. I think. Yeah. Meredith, what? Are you okay? What? What does it um, mean? I don't know what it means. It said on the inside. It says some that die deserve life, and there's a little bottle. Um. Why don't you see what's in yours? And you you had two boxes, right? I did. I, there's only one there now. Now, now you should open. Uh, you got two, right? Crack them both what? open. Wait, was there any difference? Oh, yes. Um, one like the doors when I woke up. One was white and one was green. Oh, I see. Um, just bear with me one second, and I'm gonna turn around and go off a little bit, and then start whispering to myself. You two, are you there? Red and blue, are you there? There's no response. This is, uh, it's a bit Fuck. eccentric, I, I whisper to, um, to Mary. So what's going through Natalia's head is, do I continue to go for the red one? Or do I please the blue one as well? <laughs> and I'm just thinking well. about that and whispering to myself okay. for a little while. That's a good point. You don't you don't hear any response. There doesn't seem to be any response. I only needed one sentence for that, but I gave you two. It's a gift. <laughs> Thank you. Um Look, I I'm not sure what you're what you're worrying about. Well, you can probably get both, right? Uh I'm not sure. I, I I've read um that hmm, I, I don't hmm. Go on, crack them both open and check them out. I don't want to try and fool the magic you do what you think best Nat I'm going to approach the them look at them closely mm-hmm. and go for the blue one looking at them closely you notice that both of them have uh, again on the lock the different colours one red and one blue as you open the blue one again you guys see Natalia seeming to mime opening uh, this box and the inside is painted this very deep blue and there is an inscription and written in silver ink is silver tongue, all one word. 
and inside is some sort of vial or like little almost like a tiny little pot of this silvery liquid powder that you can see swirling through the glass just silver tongue yeah that's what it says the other box is still next to you it's still visible I can see a, a, a silvery vial um, oh sorry a vial of silver stuff um, and it says silver tongue well you could uh, what's what's in the other box uh, I'll try. And I, I close the blue. Mm-hmm. You close the And blue. go to open the red. The red one opens. And the inside is painted this very deep ruby red. And this box is slightly different because this box seems to go down much further than the last one. And there's an inscription. And in golden ink is written Fireheart. And inside is a sword very similar to your one, except the end of it is dyed red. And there seems to be some sort of almost kind of lettering of some sort along the blade. This one. This one. And I'm just going to reach right in there. You, grab that sword. You watch as Natalia reaches into thin air. Her fingers curl around something. And as she pulls back, you see appearing almost as if from behind something hidden, a sword that goes out. And it is gleaming and the end is dyed red and it seems to have some sort of red lettering and Natalia as you touch it there is a spark a very similar spark because you have held a magic sword before and you have never quite forgotten the feeling I am gonna take a step back when I see that happen because that's not a fucking bottle no it's not (laughs) As as you pull the sword out the blue box shimmers and disappears and now, are you sure you know how to use that? Oh, believe me, I do. And I'm going to examine it carefully, sort of take its weight, like see where the balance lies, and read, try and read the lettering on it. You can't quite read the lettering, but it is beautifully made and beautifully balanced. This is, this is truly wondrous. I don't know what's happening since since I woke up here, but... It seems like all my dreams are coming true. All right, that's very, very creepy. <laughs> um, we just nearly got killed by a weird sand monster. That's yeah. a dream. Dream. What kind of dreams are you uh, do you having? All dreams require sacrifice. Interesting. I'm going to walk over to my boxes now, but kind of not not really break eye contact. <laughs> uh, I'm going to follow Tarot and, you know, I'm not saying I'm backing away, but I'm just going to stick reasonably close to him. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, Tarot, looking at your boxes, you can see that, again, there are these locks that don't seem to work as locks. And one is painted a sort of clay brown. It's almost like a rusty colour. And the other is a very delicate eggshell blue. Uh, how far apart are these boxes? They're a good foot, foot and a half. Are they like next to each other? Yeah. Uh, can I open them both at once? I just want to one hand on each, yank yeah. them? They both open as you do cool. that. And the one on the left, the blue one, again, the inside is painted this beautiful, delicate blue. And as you read the inscription, which is written on the lid, it says, fortune favours the roll. And inside is a very simple wooden six-sided dice. And glancing at it, you can see that it's only got the numbers one or two on it. And sitting next to it is a, again, a simple leather bracelet. And written on it is, until next time. 
and you recognize that writing and you don't recognize the bracelet and you don't recognize the dice, but you know that writing, but you don't know whose writing it is, but you know that person was important. And that is a memory that feels incredibly organic, one from your body rather than from your mind. And that's in the left box? Or and is that's that... in the left box. And as you drag your eyes over to the right, the inside is painted a clay brown and written on the lid in the inscription is take back what belongs to you. And there is a portrait in there. And it is a street portrait, one that you might find an artist doing on a street corner. And it is of you. And you are laughing and you have your arm around a human man that you recognize. And you don't know his name and you don't know anything about him, but you're laughing and there are buildings sketched in the background and it's done in colored chalks. And it's beautiful and you don't remember anything except you know that man. Hmm. All right, I want to stand between the two chests and attempt to grab both at the same time. Your fingers, as you reach around all the things and pull them out, the minute they get past the lid, they kind of turn into smoke and go back to the bottom of the chests. Hmm. Well, hmm. There seems to be some kind of... This isn't working out. <sighs> what do you say? Uh, that's not particularly important. Uh, but I've never been one to back down from a challenge like this. I wouldn't try and fool whatever it is we're, we're up against here. They seem very powerful. I'm going to try and grab both again. Like smoke, they drift through your fingers as soon as you lift them past where the box ends. Hmm. Hey, uh, uh, Nat, could you come over here for a second? Uh, sure thing. If I tell you where to grab, could you, uh, could you give it a go? I'll give it a shot. I put the sword away in one hand, as far away from the chest, <laughs> like where the chest would be as possible. Okay. And very tentatively <laughs> put a hand out. Now try and, try and grab there, right, where I'm pointing. Uh, I slowly sink my hand down. It's just there. And her fingers to you, Taro, pass through whichever side you're trying to get her to hold on to. I don't, I don't feel anything. I guess there's nothing I can do. I take the stuff on the left, the, uh, the dice and the bracelet thing. Okay. As you pull them out, the box on the right disappears. And you're left holding a wooden dice and a simple leather bracelet. Put them in my pockets. Actually, no, I'll, uh, I'll put the bracelet in my pocket mm-hmm. after giving it a quick look. Uh, and then I'm going to roll the dice just on the plinth. Okay, roll roll the d6. Roll d6. Let me get into my, my big box of, of magic squares. It's coming. I just threw that at my screen. That was not a good... <laughs> I, got, I got a five, though. <laughs> okay. You roll a one. There's only ones and twos on it. And as you roll it, there is this spark of magic that seems to shoot from the dice right into your mouth. It's almost like a punch. Ow! And it fizzles and disappears, and you still have the dice. It's sitting there. Are you alright? What, what just happened? I, I'm not quite sure myself. That was, uh, interesting. This is so exciting. You rolled a one. I, I did roll a one. If you look carefully, you'll find there's actually only ones and twos on here, so it's not like an unlucky. It's just, uh, it's just that's oh. the way the dice is. Oh, okay. That's... I've never seen one like that. Uh... Yeah, you probably haven't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's going in my pocket. 
Okay, you put it in your pocket. But like a good pocket, like a I might need this pocket. Okay, you put it in your left breast pocket. Of your cloak. Close to my heart. This thing I have now. (laughs) Don't give a shit about the bracelet. That's going in my ass pocket. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't talk about an ass pocket. That's not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm expunging that one for the record. Quick, cut the tape. Cut the tape. What I meant was bad pocket. (laughs) Ass is in bad. Uh, not ass as in like any other type of pop. move on move on I think that's best what are you guys doing You're still Actually, in the chamber uh, can I look at the, um, the bracelet thing again um, can you what sorry look at it like inspect it with my inspection eyes yeah uh, are you trying to do the, the inspect spell no oh okay <laughs> that's not a spell um, <laughs> whatever I, it was it, it was identified, identified. but I'm, sl- I'm slotsless at the moment Okay, oh yeah, that's true. Um, you pull it out your pocket and you look at it again. And again, you remember the lettering, the until next time, the handwriting is familiar. It looks like it was done by someone who wasn't necessarily a professional, but who knew enough to be able to engrave onto leather. It's simply woven. It's a little bit ragged and, to- and worn where you would tie it around your wrist. It's clearly been worn. It's not new. And you have that, again, that organic feeling of, I know this from somewhere but I don't know where, and I don't know when, and I don't know why. While he's doing that, can I quietly take the vial from my pocket and see if I can detach it from the lock of hair without the hair being scattered? Uh, Roll me a dexterity check. 14. Teen. Yeah, you managed to do it. it. You you lose a couple of strands um, because it is tied in a little boat, but you you can take it off the vial. Okay, um, I uh, in, I'm not going to say I put the vial in my ass pocket because um, that's what, what hey, kind of person would say that. That's me. Um, <laughs> but I am I am going to tuck the lock of hair in a in a pocket of my blouse. Okay, um, you do that and put that vial back. Can I if I look at the vial? It's, was it green inside as well? No, looking at it, it's no, a kind it's just, of it's a kind of it? brown, and it actually kind of looks like the stew that your mother used to make. It looks like her warm your bones stew, as she always called it. Mm-hmm. Um, can I uncork it and take a sniff? It smells exactly like stew. I want to just dip a finger in and and lick and see what it tastes like. There is a strange tingle to it. It tastes exactly like your mother's stew, but there is a tingle that you haven't really felt before. You've kind of had crackles of it over your skin being in this cave, and occasionally when Natalia or Taro have kind of done some weird magic, there's been an after effect of static along your skin, and it kind of feels like that. I will put the cork back in the bottle and put it in my pocket because I don't know what that is. You feel a little bit better oh do i yeah you just am i a little bit am i mechanically better in any way are you mechanically hurt um i think i lost four hit points in the last doodad when the thunder wave struck you mechanically feel probably about a hit point better (gasps) how exciting right is there any like door or anything from this place now as you look around you can see again that there is another entrance way that leads off into a dark corridor leading away from the chamber still no doors still no doors no. You've done the door bit. Alright, we've got our, our freebies. Now let's head off. It sounds good to me. Yeah. 
Okay. You guys leave the chamber and you start walking down the tunnel. What's your marching order? Uh, I'm behind Nat. I don't. I don't care yeah. where I am other than that. But <laughs> <laughs> Nat will take the lead. That's I think fair. I'm at the back at this point because, okay. yeah. Okay. And as as I'm going, I'm sort of waving the sword every so often, okay. like getting the feel for it. <laughs> it. I mean, it it feels pretty good. Like you can do some damage with this. It it doesn't feel particularly sharper or heavier than your your other one, but there's still that little running vein of magic through it, and you don't know yet what it does, but it's pretty good. While facing away from them, mm-hmm. there is a massive smile on my face. <laughs> Very good. Big old grin. <laughs> um, as you take your first step out into the corridor, there is suddenly a voice that echoes around all of you. And it is incredibly loud and and it says, Bethlehem Cuthlots, Gilbert Hogcollar, Werner Tin, Carlin Ironhide, Halbert Stint, Jerome J. Jerome. And it fades into nothing, and all three of you have heard that echoing suddenly around you. I Who are they? completely freeze. You see Natalia yeah. in front of you freeze. Were those, those were names? Yeah, they were uh, names, weren't they? I can't say they'd have heard of any of those. You haven't? Well, you, Mary? No, I've never heard of any of them. Weird. Nat, Nat what have you stopped? Come on. I. Uh, I recognise some of some of those names. Oh, they're people uh, from my past. Um, hmm. I am a little bit worried now. Are they? I like the sword, lost? but now I'm scared. Uh, well, are they people that you've lost? Not quite. Uh, are they uh, people you've uh, pissed off? Uh. Several, yes. Uh, one, maybe. Oh shit! Maybe two. I've uh, uh, how to say uh, pissed off permanently. Are you saying you killed them? Uh yes. Okay. Uh, can I take Meredith off to the side quickly? Yeah, you yeah. take a couple of steps back. Uh, look, they were bad people. They were bad people. Uh, I think we're in a bit over our heads here. Certainly, I am. I believe that we've uh, slightly got ourselves in trouble here, and I think we should uh, avoid pissing her off a little bit. I am in full agreement. Now let's do our best to not die and get out of here. Um, also, full agreement on that. Also, great. Okay, Nat, let's, uh, I think we should keep going forwards with you in the front again. I, just I... so you know, they were, they were very bad people. I'm sure they were, Nat. I, I believe you implicitly. I <laughs> would like to walk beside you, Nat. Oh, of course. Because if we don't know what's coming, then we may as well meet it together. Thank you, that... That means a lot. Okay. I mean, I'm not walking right next to her. <laughs> We're not. I'm, I'm still pretty scared of her. Okay. But I'm going to walk, like, two abreast. And, oh, also, I would like to take my dagger out and be holding it. You can see that 
Natalia, who was previously got sort of a bit of a swagger, a bit of a just show of bravado, that the shoulders are down slightly now. It is back to a a more normal walk, um, not quite the same up and at them kind of impression. As you begin walking down this corridor, it gets darker and darker and narrower and narrower until Natalia and Meredith, you two are now walking very much side by side, almost touching, and both of you suddenly can't see more than a foot ahead of you. And Taro, this is a really small, narrow corridor that you can still sort of see, but the gloom is incredibly unsettling. And even in the darkest night, you generally feel like you have a bit better vision than this. You can see ahead, but there doesn't seem to be any light. I think we should stop. I think we may have come the wrong way. What other way could we have gone? Well, the corridors keep closing up behind us. Um, I don't like this route. I, I, I think if we can get back to the other room, we should check it again. Because this is... I can't see. If, if we get attacked again, how can we defend ourselves? Do either of you have a, a magic that does light? Look, I, I don't know why you're asking me. I'm, I'm new to this magic stuff. I, it's, it's all... I know, but you made that pony goat thing. It, look, something tells me I'm out of juice. Oh, okay. I'll try and do something. Okay, so roll me a d20. 16. 16. You reach your hand out and again you feel this building energy and it almost seems to be connected again with this sword and your fingertips kind of tingle and you suddenly feel this crashing almost tsunami wave and there's a minute of okay okay oh god oh god oh god as this blast of greenish reddish energy shoots from your hand and it lights the corridor as it disappears and then fizzles out at the end holy shit Oh my god, did you do that on purpose? Ah, no. I, I was just trying to make some light. Oh, what's with these new fingers? Uh, hmm. Uh, uh, new fingers? What? Well, you know how I said when I woke up, these were red? This hand, it just seems to... Well, um, I'm not sure what it does yet, but it's definitely magical. All right. Devil hand. Let's not... I, I wouldn't... Hmm. I mean, I, I, I really feel like, um, pertinent to our previous conversation, Mr. Tarot, um, and, you know, bearing in mind that you also are, 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 are a certain persuasion yourself, but perhaps we ought not to throw the D word around too much. Oh, excuse me? I, I, just, I just think, you know, going forward, it's, it's better if we work together. Oh, I believe I heard some kind of implication. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, there wasn't meant to be in any way at all. All right. Well, I think you better keep some of your opinions to yourself from now on. Of course I will. I'd... In any case, I think it's time to go. I'm going to stride forwards. I'm not I'm not scared anymore. I'm just pissed off. Okay, you have to, like, push through them. And, and you do so. Taro is a skinny, skinny boy. And as he pushes through it, you can feel that he probably, you know, doesn't have a lot of, like, strength. But the force of his anger there is enough to kind of, Meredith at least, to kind of knock you a half step into the wall. And you can't really see him go, but you hear his footsteps going ahead. I point my hand in the opposite direction. Okay. Um, and follow along. 
You point your hand... Oh, behind you. <laughs> oh, yeah, behind me. <laughs> Just in case. With one hand sort of stuck behind you, you start... And the other with the sword. <laughs> I've just got both hands behind me. One with the sword and one... Like Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That was a pop cultural reference, kid. That so was very good. I'm so proud of you. We made like, it today. Like a walking Naruto run. It really pained me to say that without the Japanese accent, but with the walking Naruto run, you start going along the corridor. I'm going to say to myself quietly, that didn't go as well as I thought, as I hoped. Actually, do you know what? If he's striding off ahead, can I just nudge Nat quietly and say, Nat, can I ask you, when you look at Mr. Tarot, um, what, what does he look like to you? Uh-huh. He looks an indigo shade, and he's got horns. Yeah, he's a, he's a tiefling, isn't he? I, I think so, yes. I haven't he met does... many. Well, I, I mean, only one or two, really. Um, because I, I mentioned about him having dark vision earlier, and um, he didn't seem to like that. And then that conversation we had just now, he didn't seem to like that either. So I was just making sure that I wasn't seeing something that wasn't there. I mean, uh, wait, um... Miss Nat, um, we saw chests and they were different for each of us. And I just want to tell you, I'm, if I look at like anything different, I'm a, I'm a halfling. Um, I, I've got long brown hair and, and sort of dark skin and, and brown eyes. And I'm just wearing a little dress, my pinafore for work, because I thought I was going to be, you know, normal day to day. That's what I look like. Is that what I look like to you? Uh, yes, I mean... It, it's quite gloomy in here now, but from from what I saw of you earlier, that's exactly right. Okay, okay. And you've you've got blue eyes, and your hair's short and dark, and you've got the thing on your lip and the what? what? Hand. You've got little red the the red spot in the middle of your lip. I've I've got a red spot in my lip. Yeah, was that not there before? I I reach up. Can I feel anything there? You can't feel anything. It's like it's the same colour as your hands. Is it? Maybe it came when you woke up. Oh, okay. Um, well, yes. I I guess I have a red spot on my lip now. Did not realise that. Okay. Oh, we've got to get out of this place. Is there anywhere else where I'm red? Uh, but, uh, not not that I can see. I'm gonna be real here. That's been quite a long monologue. I'm probably yeah. a bit off now. Yep, you're just striding down this yeah. increasingly narrowing dark tunnel. And you can hear the kind of echo of voices behind you. And very infuriatingly, as you keep striding forward, they don't seem to be fading particularly. You could still... you It's hard to pick out what they're saying, because it's echoing and they are quite far behind you. But they don't seem to be getting quieter the further you walk. Let's not lose Taro. No, no, good point. We sort of probably like feel our way along the sides of the corridor by now. You guys are sort of bumping into each other. Like I said, it's for you guys especially, it's incredibly hard to see, but with each a hand on the wall and sort of knocking into each other with every sort of second or third step, you can make your way along the corridor. I might say, um, Nat, is it all right if I go in front of you actually? Because it's getting a bit cramped in here. Oh, oh, please. That's that's fine. I'm not going to go behind you because that's where the scary bits are pointing. There's multiple scary bits at this point. Yeah. 
you start walking along the corridor and it takes you like 20 seconds before you can hear footsteps ahead of you and you can hear Taro, who you assume is Taro, walking ahead. You still can't quite see him. Your vision's not good enough. And the corridor at this point is about as wide as like a person. There's no longer room for walking beside each other or really passing each other. And Taro, you hear footsteps behind you coming up very quickly. Uh, oh, you guys ran up here quick. Uh, oh, sorry. We, I mean, yeah, we're here. I mean, Did you say ran? Uh, yeah, I, I've not really slowed down. But you must have quite a pace to keep up with me with those short legs. Oh, we just, we were shuffling along the wall. What? That can't be right. There's no way. Oh. This place is giving me the creeps more and more the longer we're here. I think, I think we have to do this together. It's like that staircase. I think you can't walk away. But it's not wide enough for all three of us. No, I don't. I, well, that, that that isn't quite what I meant, Miss Miss Nat. I'm sorry, I I put that wrong. Um, what I mean is, I think if if one of us wants to get away from the other two, it's not going to be a, a possible to happen. All right, fine. Let's just uh, let's get this over with. Come on. Of course. And I'm scampering along. After about another minute of walking, you guys can suddenly hear a difference in your footsteps because suddenly they begin to echo in a way that Meredith, you've heard before, means that there is a big chamber coming up. And Taro, your vision doesn't really change. It's still dark and you can't really see the end, but you suddenly are aware that you step out first into this big chamber, bigger than any of the ones that you've been in before. And as Meredith and Natalia follow, All three of you are suddenly in a cavern that feels much lighter. It's still pitch black, but the air is lighter and it's a bit cooler and you can suddenly breathe. And as all three of you step out, there is this kind of an almost pressurized feeling that drops over all of you. And suddenly hundreds of thousands of tens of thousands of millions of billions of tiny little lights shine all over the walls and the floor, and the top of this cavern, which seems to be almost this perfect sphere. And as you look around, you're all very softly illuminated by these little specks of light that seem to almost twinkle and glow. And as you look up, you realise that this is the night sky, and it is a perfect copy of every star that you have ever seen. And as you look around, you can suddenly see the constellations that you know. You see the hall of stars, the dish, the mouse, the sword, the cup, the book, the cradle, the devourer, the sand snake. All of them there except for the planets. There are no planets and there are no suns, just stars. And you are almost floating in this inverted void of the night sky. Uh, But our feet are on the ground. Your feet are on the ground. Except you can't really see. You seem to stand on stars, but as you walk around... The floor, you can feel it under your feet, but it goes down and it seems to go down and down and down the same way that the walls go out and out and up and up. I am absolutely not walking around. I got out of that corridor and did... I mean, presumably from what you're describing, I can't press my back up against the wall. You can't. So we're in a 360 magic planetarium. Seemingly so. It's It's very beautiful. We're in the holodeck. (laughs) Oh my God, we're on the holodeck. Awesome. (laughs) I think I'm just going to look around for any kind of imperfections, or is it like just see, check everywhere, see if I can find an exit? There doesn't seem to be any exits, and actually as you look around, the corridor that you all just came out of seems to have disappeared. 
And Nat is just looking around in absolute wonder. Nerium is just looking around in absolute horror because how the hell are we getting out of here? It's too weird. I don't like it. It's it's beautiful. I mean, I'd like it more if I was on solid ground and just it was just a normal sky. How is this done? I'm going to touch the ground and just poke it and see what it feels like. It feels totally smooth, and your finger runs over the the stars almost, and you can't feel any difference in the ground. It's like polished marble or something of that. But your fingers do blot out the light for a second. Is this some kind of glass? This is... How much must it have cost to build something like this? I think we're more in the realm of magic now. I believe this may be an illusion. Everything's got a cost. Um, as Taro points out, I wonder how much this would cost. Um, I feel a bit of a flicker that makes me go, no, actually, that's a really good point. I'm not going to be scared of this. Okay. And I start walking around and sort of skirting around to, to see where the edges are, if there are edges. Yeah. Because there's no corridor behind us, there's no walls. There are seemingly edges. Yet, there are bits where the, the sky suddenly curves up and that you can't really pass beyond. And as you're looking around, again, it is a perfect copy of the night sky and you can see very clearly twinkling like they do in real life. The constellations that you know, you can pick out, you can almost orientate yourself to where you've been. Okay, so if I try and... I'm going to look for... The tail of the mouse, which you can see from the front door of the laughing cat. Okay. And see if I can get myself somewhere where I feel like I'm in... So that the sky looks like a view that I remember from home. You managed to do that. You can see the stars that make up the mouse. Okay. um, I mean, I suppose I just close my eyes and I, I, I mean I'm not going to click my heels together but I'm just going to close my eyes and think really really hard about you know the last time I locked up and standing on that doorstep nothing seems to happen but both of you watch as Meredith suddenly closes her eyes and sort of like squeezes her fist and almost like trembles for a minute well that didn't work what does the scale feel like if, if there's effectively like when we move how far do the constellations move like they don't seem to move. Okay. Can we figure out where we are based on where all these constellations... You are in the centre. As in, where on the planet? Nope. They all seem to be smaller than what you remember. They seem to be different parts. You can look for the constellations that you know and find them by finding recognisable stars. And they seem to be either above or below you. And you're not quite able to orientate yourself in that sense, but you can find portions of the night sky that you totally recognise. It is like being able to see every constellation at the same time. And it's a bit mind-bending. It's a bit swimmy. Yeah. I'm going to lie down. Okay. And just stare up at it. Okay, Natalia. Take it in. Natalia lies down and starts looking up at the stars. (laughs) I think I'm looking around for any kind of imperfections, like... Comparing the ones I could find against how I remember it, see if there's anything that looks wrong. They look identical. If I walk over to where I can spot the Hall of Stars, yeah? Mm-hmm. You both watch as Meredith suddenly turns her head and starts heading towards a portion of the night sky that both of you don't really recognise. And having spotted that one, mm-hmm. I will look around and see what other 
constellations, and if I, I presumably I can spot the dish. Yep, you see the dish. And Taro, you notice as Meredith suddenly turns to look at a constellation that you also know. So I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, actually, I'm going to reach in my pockets, and I've got, um, I, I, I'll have some pins. So I'm going to put a pin down under um, where I was standing to look at the mouse, mm-hmm. and then under where I was standing to look at the Hall of Stars. Mm-hmm. And then walk over to where the dish is and put a pin down there. I'm going to go see... over and say, what exactly are you doing here? I have, I'd, I'll be honest with you, Mr. Tarot, I haven't the least idea. I'm, I'm trying to work out what bits are familiar because not much in this place has been remotely familiar. And I'm just trying to work out if, if there's anything that might help us work out where we are. All right, well... It... It seems to be that so far, whenever we've been stuck in this place, it's if we all do the same thing, it seems to uh, to help us out a bit. So, have you, have you got any more of those pins? I'll try. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I will um, pull out from my little um, strawberry-shaped, tomato-shaped pin cushion uh, <laughs> another five pins and hand them to him. Well, you've, you've already got the cradle, so I'll uh, I'll head off with the others. The second you say the cradle, what? The stars of the cradle glow brighter and blue lines shoot from each star to form the lines that should appear between them. Wow. That's interesting. How did you do that? I just uh, I just named it. The dish? Uh, the stars flicker and the lines flicker, but they stay there. Yeah, sure. I wonder if what it works it? with other things. And Nat's going to point up and say, like, the sword. It flares into life and you see the lines going from each star to make it hover in the sky. And now the dish and the star are hanging in the sky. Sword. I am going to shout, the Hall of Stars and the mouse and point at them as I do As you do that, as you move from each one, the one before it fades. So as soon as you say the Hall of Stars, the dish fades. And as soon as you say the mouse, the Hall of Stars fades. Oh, did I break it? Uh, sandstake. It flares into life, and now the mouse, the sword, and the sand snake are all in the sky. And as that happens, you all hear a soft noise from somewhere behind you. I jump up. Yeah, I'm looking back to where that, that sound came from. Yeah. Suddenly now, carved into the sides of the wall, is a single door. <gasps> Wait. Before you guys can see a door, yeah? Yeah, looks like it. Yes. Um, can we try each naming a different... Co- Hall of Stars. The mouse fades, the Hall of Stars lights up, and the door is still there. Devourer. What? The sand snakes fades, the devourer lights up, and the door is still there. The boat? The sword fades, the boat lights up, and the door is still there. Okay, so that is the only door that we're getting. Doesn't seem to change. All right then, let's. Uh, I strike off towards. Let's it. go. Okay. You... Oh, I, I I just like to pick my pins up before I do. Okay. <laughs> you pick your pins up and you head towards the door. Who's going first? Depends who is nearest. It's probably Taro. All right. I'll follow behind Taro. You open the door, Taro, and it swings open easily, and you see ahead of you a relatively short tunnel that seems to lead to the mouth of the cave. It's angled slightly upwards, and beyond it you can see the kind of purplish, pinkish glow of a twilight sky 
beyond it. I am running. Okay. Meredith takes off and just mm-hmm. sprints past you. I'll try and keep up. Okay. Same. I mean, I'm not very quick, so you probably can. <laughs> All three of you, as you run up towards the the mouth of the cave, and it gets bigger and it's real and it's really there and you can feel now the wind over you and it's a cold, cold wind. All three of you roll me a survival check very quickly. Jeez, survival, that's a weird one. Where does survival live? Here we are. 15. 15. 20. 20. Two. Two. Very good. <laughs> so as you guys as you guys run out the entrance of the cave, Natalia, you are so focused on seeing the outside that you don't even look up. There is a second, Meredith and Taro, as you glance upwards and the night sky above you is alien and wrong and not what it usually is. And then you are out of the cave and as you glance up again, the night sky is seemingly normal, except you don't really recognize any of the stars. They're all tilted in ways that you're not expecting. And as you step out, you are on loose, crumbly rock that is relatively stable. On a plateau, there is a biting cold wind and it seems to be twilight. And as you look around, you can see to the left and to the right on the edge of the horizon, twin peaks of what is either sunset or sunrise from the two suns and you realize that you are halfway up a mountain and somewhere in the ice ring that circles the planet of Alan. um i at this point would like to stamp my small foot and go where the fuck are we i think while, while i have like a moment of being glad about not being in a horrible cave uh mm. I'm not a fan of the cold. Oh, this is too much. That's... All right, this is... uh, We've got to find some shelter. This is... It's too cold for me by half. Yeah, it's freezing. Uh, I agree. This is a very, very long way from where I woke up this morning. Well, no, uh, this morning I woke up in a funny cave, but I'm I'm from Hopewell, and I don't even know where Hopewell is from here. I don't even know where here is. I, I know we're in we're, we're in the middle the the the, the icy the ice range between yeah. but I want to go I don't know how to get home I want to go to the edge of the plateau and just look around and see if I can see any civilization Okay roll me a perception check with my eyes with your good good eyes uh 15 15 as you look around you can see that there is a mountain in front of you that seems to be slightly lower than the one you're on and looking behind the range seems to go up behind you you are somewhere sort of in like the lower middle of a mountain range you can see that down towards the lower slopes there is a thick dark green forest of some sort and up above you it gets icy and snowy does it look like we could make it to the forested bit glancing down you also see that there are lights twinkling below you and there seems to be some sort of village or something a good walk below you and you can see that this plateau has a sort of path that winds down the mountain it's not particularly well made it's certainly not paved or a road but there seems to be a walkable path that leads down towards where you reckon the village is are we hungry or thirsty at this point yeah at this point you're probably a bit peckish peckish and thirsty but you're certainly not feeling any ill effects of it you are cold, though. It is cold. I, I would really like 
um, to get away from this cave. I appreciate that we do need shelter, but I, I don't want to shelter in there. And I, I think those trees down there look like they would be a better bet. Yep. I, I completely agree. And to be honest, I'm not sure the cave would let us shelter in there. No, I think you're right there. Right, off we go. We'll, we'll keep warm if, if we're walking. Yep, let's go. You guys start walking down the path. After about 20 minutes of walking, the scenery has changed in that it's gotten a teeny bit warmer. The ground is a bit more stable. You're certainly heading downwards off the certain part of the range that you're on. Um, We've approached the vegetation. Is any of it familiar to me? None of it is familiar to you. It is scrubby and barely clinging to life. It doesn't look like the kind of plants that I've seen in places that are scrubby and barely clinging to life. So this... Because I'm trying to work out which side of the range we're on. No, you can't tell. The road is curling and winding. And at this point, both uh, Meredith and Natalia, you have also seen the twinkling lights of a village below you. That does seem to be getting closer. And the road curves and suddenly in front of you, about 40, maybe 50 foot in front of you, there is a body slumped in the (gasps) middle of the road, face down. I stop walking. You all right? I yell. To be honest, I put my hand on my dagger. Okay. Yeah, I've got my sword drawn as well and start slowly approaching. Do I get okay. any response from my You yell? get no response. All right, I'm also going to slowly res- walk towards it. Okay. I'm going to duck behind a tree. Are you hiding? Yes. Are you hiding mechanically? I am hiding in all senses. Then roll me a stealth check. 23. Okay. So you, as Natalia and Tara, as you walk forward... Meredith just takes two steps and just into the undergrowth. (laughs) Um, I have a character that's good at something. It's great. Um, As you guys approach, you can see that the body seems to be human. As we do approach, Mm. I'm going to whisper to Taro. uh, uh, Maybe if we approach from different sides and if you keep your magic self a bit further away if we're going into possibly a uh, a fighty situation. Well, I was just going to uh, poke it with my foot, to be honest. He looks pretty dead. Well, in that case, after you. Yep. I'm going to okay. just... Uh, I'm, I, nothing's jumped me yet, right? So I'm just going to go up and just give him, a, give him a little tap with my foot. You give him a little tap with your foot, and you can see that it is a, a human male... Very pale skin, brown, almost quite greasy hair. Looks relatively young, although you can't see his face. And as your foot digs into the side, he goes, fuck off. Oi, why are you just lying here? He turns his head and he shoots you the dirtiest look. And he goes, I said, fuck off. Yeah, and I said, all right. And you didn't even reply. It's rude. You're ruining the surprise. Oh, you fucking ruined it now, haven't you? And he sits up and he stretches and he kind of goes, Oh, I've been lying here for hours. Who are you? What's that got to do with anything? I, I'd quite like to know why. who the surprise is for, to be honest. You've piqued my curiosity. He kind of gives you a little odd look at that and he goes, Well, if you have to know, I was going to surprise my brother, Aston. What, and you're expecting him to... Well, I guess you'd know better than I would. So, is he coming along in a bit then? You've been waiting for an hour. An hour? I've been waiting for four. He was meant to be back here ages ago. 
No, he went out hunting up the mountain, see what he could find. And, well, you know, brothers, I thought I'd play a weak prank on him and give him a little fright. We'd do it all the fucking time. And, well, I thought it was you. I thought he was you. And I heard footsteps. And then you've kicked me. Thanks for that. And, well, now my surprise is ruined. But I suppose, I, to be honest, I think I, I dozed off for a wee bit. I should probably... What time is it? Well, I do admire your dedication to a prank. Oh, thank you very much. But if you're really going to surprise someone, uh, I feel like you could at least hide, right? Hide? You wouldn't be looking for me. I wanted him to come down the path, see me, go, Oh, Devon's fallen, something's happened, it's terrible, and then I'd be pop-up laughing, and, you know, yeah. that'd be great fun. Yeah, I, I, I think you should uh, work on it a bit. Maybe workshop you... it a little bit before you, you go live, you know? Oh, well, you probably have a good point there. He looks up at the sky and you can see him starting to move his fingers to kind of count the stars. And this is something that you guys all know. It's it's a way of telling time without having the sun or watches or anything like that. And he goes, oh, it really has been four hours. That's a long time. A- anyway, who the hell are you? What are you doing up here? You're not kitted out for, for traveling. And as you look at him, you can see that he is wrapped in pretty thick furs and, and boots and gloves. Uh, well, you know, we just went, went out for a walk. You know how it is. You went out for a walk? Yeah. Up the Crag Moor? Yeah, that's right. Me and my good pals here, we're just uh, out for Your a pals? walk. Your pals? Yeah. Best buddies. I know. I only see one. Uh, yeah. Well, she's uh, she's an interesting one. Uh, we, we tend to talk about her in, 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 in multiples, you know? All right. I, I, have, I have two friends in my head. All right. Okay, that's, I mean, I'm fine with that. But how did you get up past here? It's a f- long way from, well, from Little Ebbing, and I've certainly not seen you in the village, and longer than that than anywhere else. Well, you see, we're uh, we're a troop of adventurers, as it were. I'm uh, I'm the noted adventurer Terracles Tarnassian, and uh, well, would you like to to introduce yourself? Well, hello, good sir. It was Devon, wasn't it? Yeah, Devon Caius. My name. Is Natalia. Right. Yes, that's right. And we are noted adventurers. Uh, and on our adventure, we've been... Uh, Did you get lost? Uh, no, we've never been lost as good adventurers. It's... Uh, it'll be. Well, a- there's no adventure up here. You just get a wee bit up a mountain and then you, I suppose you can go on to the next mountain and down again. But it's a very long way. You'd want really to be going down around the bottom. Well, that, that's it's where we, we came from, you see. We've, we've, come, we've crossed over. We're the, we're the first to do it, after all. I mean, I, I mean... I, I do it every couple of months. Uh, yeah. So you're not the first to, to do it, mate. Well, I think you'll find we're the first to uh, to be recorded doing it. Now... Maybe uh, you're the first to do it in, like, not enough clothing. Well, that, that is part of my brand. Now, if you could uh, please direct me to the nearest town, uh, we'd quite like to be on our way. It's, uh, suffice to say, I'm a bit cold now, a bit chilly, you know, you know how it is in the winter up here yeah, in long, the hills. Yeah, how long did it... Uh, how long... Did it take you to to get this far? If you came down from from well, I suppose what was the name of the town that you started in? Oh, uh, it's not important. Um, I don't like to to name names. Now we'll be uh, we'll be traveling along now, won't we? Come on, let's go. Nice to meet you, anyway, Devin. Well, you're heading down to Little Ebbing. Yes. I right. I mean, like that's my village. Do you want? Should I come with you? Oh, would you like to? I mean, I, I'm going home eventually. Great, and you, you, Aston... you can buy us a drink. Now let's go. What? Hold on. I'm walking, <laughs> I'm off. 
we're, we're going. If I see him walking, then I will uh, emerge from my hiding place and scamper up. Ah! Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, are we... Uh, hello, nice to meet you. Uh, my name's Mary. All right. How many more of you are there? Oh, no, there's only me. You... I, was, I was a bit... I get, I get a bit frightened. Are you with... Are you with them? Uh, yep. Adventuring yes. crew, come on, let's go. No time like Please, the present. Lead on. Are we adventuring? Yes. Oh, I'm not an adventurer. No, I'm. 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 I mean, I am with them. How did you get here? He's he's walking. He's trying to catch up to Taro, but he's kind of looking back at you. How did you get here? It's a long way. You're halfway up Cragmore. What are you doing? Um. Well, it's it's a very long story. Um. And I I would be delighted to tell you all about it once I'm somewhere a little bit warmer. I, I hope you will understand that that is my. Really, I need to get warm. And and if there's anywhere to get something to eat. Mary is our in-house seamstress, you see. And we took her along for the journey. Why the hell would you take a seamstress up a mountain? Training. He looks so confused and lost. And you can see that he's a relatively young guy. And he's he's just not sure what the hell's going on. But he pulls equal with Tara. And he's he's taller than you, for sure. Even with the horns. Um, And he glances back over all of you and he goes... You're a very weird bunch, and I don't believe a word that most of you are saying for most of the time, because there's only a few paths up here, and we keep them well guarded, and there's no way that you got up there by the back way that that you were talking about, because you don't even know what you're talking about. So you should probably have a wee think about what you want to say before you say it to a local, but... I mean, you'll probably die on the mountain, so come along. I'll take you down to Little Ebbing, and you can just... Maybe you... And he kind of points to you, Tara, and kind of waves that. Maybe you should just not do the... You should just maybe hush for a wee bit, you know. No more of the talking from you, because you're just a a lot of lies, and I'm not a big fan of that. I'm sorry. I just... When Ed sort of started speaking, and I cut off, Ed, he just said, like, cook. down this winding path and you can see the lights of this little village twinkling brighter and you can see that there are little wooden and stone homes built into the side of the mountain points towards the village and he goes i know you've never been here but you might as well come in thank you so much ah just as i remember it <laughs>